Malachi and Isaac's death are both really funny where they both kind of have this sort of like what we talked about with Hellraiser with Julia where it's like the not me not me and it's I, I don't I don't know why that always makes me laugh because I'm like it's always gonna go this way it's like always it's, you it's oh of course it's you you know it's like a live by the sword die by the but sword they can't thing. see it they, I'm like you're mucking like... about with like the occult and whatever it's always gonna turn on you but they're always like so shocked like so shocked when it turns on them horror movie survival guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store, in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. You know what no one does in this movie? Hmm. Eat corn. Not at all. Not one little bit. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Julia. I'm Marion. We are the first podcast from Indie Popcorn recording at the circus. This is episode 55, uh, titled He Who Walks Behind the Rose, because today we are talking about Stephen King's Children of the Corn from 1984. And notice how I said Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Even the official title. He didn't write the, he wrote a screenplay, but then they didn't use his screenplay. Did you hear about this? He wrote the short story. Yes. But then he also tried to write the screenplay. And I had read that like the first half of his version of the screenplay is just the couple talking in the car and Hal Roach Studios or whoever produces was like, no, like we're getting to murders right away. Like we're not, we're not, none of this chit chat, Mr. King. Like, you know what you're doing. He totally knows what he's doing. He totally knows what he's doing. Just, like, let him do it. Yeah. Um, so this movie, this is going to blow your mind, kay. made for $800,000. Yeah. $800,000? Okay. It made $14 million. Really? Which wow. is why... 800000 I feel like that's on. That's like way on the lower end of a lot of movies we've reviewed. There are eight sequels to this. Altogether, there are nine <gasps> Children of the Corn movies. That that's like really Jason territory. Yeah, that is Jason territory. There's nine? Yes. Wow. That's cr- I mean, kind of, but like, wow. This one? That's I don't know. This Because like, are they all just like a different town or is it always Gatlin, Nebraska? Like Gatlin can't I, catch a I break. I have to admit, I have not seen okay, okay. any of the sequels. Got it. I mean, I think we, maybe we watch one or two of the sequels. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, it's I don't know. The Notebook there. Shall Tell. <laughs> uh, so the tagline for this movie is, and a child shall lead them. Very nice. Okay. Um, so the director of this, uh, Fritz Kirsch, it mm-hmm. was his first film. Oh, okay. He went on his next film, mm-hmm. Tough Turf. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> wow. I love Tough Turf. Lucky, lucky man. Um, so this movie stars Linda Hamilton, a pre-Terminator Linda Hamilton, uh, and Peter Horton, our uh, Bert and Vicky, who are kind of our final couple uh-huh. in this movie. But the beginning of this movie takes place three years earlier yes. in Gatlin, Nebraska, um, where uh and again, I'm part of this movie that sort of, you know, this is sort of the beginning of the series that Julie and I are going to do about uh, child killers, little killers. Um, and uh, the beginning of this movie, I think the uh, the concept of why the kids are the bad ones in this movie is really interesting. But exactly what the impetus is of it, I'm not entirely clear on. So there's this flashback that's done in voiceover from the perspective of Job, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this little boy. And he just, you know, everyone's leaving church. It's a really cute little small town. And they're just kind of doing, going to the coffee shop, doing their things. And then all of a sudden, like, the kids kind of come in. And there's this sort of, like, look 
with each other and they just go to town on the adults and kill them in a variety of ways. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like hand and what, like the the, the food processor. Deli slicer sure. thing. Um, they have like a lot of like farming equipment uh-huh. uh, because they're surrounded by a lot of corn. Right. And so it's like killing people with farming equipment, poisoning these old people. Can I, can I ask about that? Yeah. So, uh, You'd think if you're going to poison their coffee because you don't want to do it, you don't want to kill them actively, right? But they're going around slitting people's throats. Right. So why bother drugging the coffee? Just fucking slit it out of the throat. I think it's that like you, there's like four kids and they're trying to kill like a restaurant all in one go. Okay. So if like these people are choking to death and you can like scythe these people. Uh-huh. I think it's sort of a divide and conquer kind of scenario. Interesting. I okay. think, you know. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty brutal in and the Job opening. And sees his father get killed right in front of and him. And he gets... doesn't do anything. Like he has not been clued in on no. like what the plan was today. So he's just sitting there with this little milkshake being like, what? And then it's just like murders all around him. But exactly. And there's uh, this other boy, kind of strange looking little kid outside named Isaac, uh-huh. who's just outside, kind of looks very Amish, who's outside just kind of watching it all go down with like evil smile. But exactly like why that day, why that moment, uh-huh. I'm not entirely clear on. So then it flashes forward to three years later. And that's where we meet Vicky and Bert. Uh, and Bert has just become a doctor. Yes. Right? And she wakes him up very adorably <laughs> yeah. with a birthday candle. Mm-hmm. With a ca- and she asks him, what do you wish for? And he says, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cute. And she does this amazing like yeah. birthday song. <laughs> that's kind of goofy. It's like a goofy kind of pseudo striptease. Yeah. You don't of. see Linda Hamilton ever be goofy. Yeah. It's it really is, kind of adorable. And then adorable. she like wants to get it on and he's not into it. And he's just like, okay, well, we got to go. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I was like, how could you die? 1984 Linda Hamilton, <laughs> What's wrong with you? She's um, amazing. Yeah. Um, so they're traveling to Seattle where he has a new job. And so they're going through Nebraska and they happen to be going through the wrong section of Nebraska. And on the dashboard of their car is a copy of Night Shift, oh, which is the collection of short stories that Children of the Corn is in. Oh, okay. Have you read the Children of the Corn story? I have not. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. That's um, surprising. I know. <clears throat> I have. You have to understand, I'm... I'm Plowing through Stephen King at, at the fast rate as I can, man. <laughs> no, and I've like, been—I'm still really shocked, though. I feel—I yeah. I know in my mind, I feel like you've already like read his canon for some reason in my mind. He has so many books. I know, but I've—I've I've probably it's read like. Ask. 12 Stephen King books this year or something okay. already. So like, I'm, no, 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 you're, I'm you're going. trucking. But like, get, dang. All right. Anyway, as it were. It's on the list. Yeah, no, I, I, I got the you. list beyond the list. No, so. you do. But I'd be curious kind of what the differences are because if his, the idea of his screenplay is that it's Vicky and Bert talking for a really long time before right. they get to like, Gatlin. What are they talking about? Exactly. And is like, is that how the story begins? And so you just think, oh, it's going to be about this couple and you don't see this kind of like prologue yeah. of like what they're, because the way that it's structured now, you 100% know what they're getting into. But if it's really the novel or the short stories from their perspective where they have no idea and they just show up in this town and like where are they all the adults why are these kids being weird and oh my god yeah. you know yeah that, that would be, be interesting that would be interesting yeah but that's but that's not what this movie did wow. um so uh so one so basically the kids have you know isaac and his little lackey malachi cult Colts, uh, yes. Lackey, um, are sort of the two kids that are like ruling the roost now in Gatlin and they're in charge of everyone and they're basically just like bullying their way through it and it's interesting <clears throat> they have like obviously like it, it's kind of like a mass hysteria almost where like these two kids have decided um, that he who walks behind the rose is like their god mm-hmm. and he who walks behind the rose tells Isaac what to what the other kids should do so he has said like 
oh, all the adults need to die. Everyone who's over 18, mm -hmm. like, must die. If you turn... Oh, on, on your 19th birthday. Yeah, right. the first day of your 19th birthday, then you have to sacrifice yourself and, like, all this kind of stuff. And so... And the kids just kind of go along with it in sure. a sort of cult. Like, they make them chant things. They make them repeat things. Like, you can tell, like, they sort of have it. But there's... But Job and his little sister Sarah are not drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, right. they're, like, not part of it. And so Sarah also has second sight, which, again, is a big Stephen King thing. Hey, that we he keep, loves it. He loves it. Loves uh -huh. psychic kids. It's, like, his favorite. Um, so basically, yeah, like, one of the boys, this boy Joseph, decides, like, he's had it and he's going to bail. And he tells Job and Sarah, like, I'm leaving. Like, I'm taking my suitcase. I'm going. Um, we get some really good running through the corn Running cam. through the corn. Yeah, he's going to skate through the corn. Uh, but the Malachi catches him. And, uh, and then you kind of don't. It's like blood hits the suitcase and you don't really see what happens. But then Vicky and Bert are going tooling along the road. And then all of a sudden they look up and there's this boy. Like uh, holding his throat because it's been slit and he's trying to like keep all the blood in. And then they just wham him with the car. Yeah. And they super wham it. Kind of reminded me of like the Dead Calm episode uh, where yeah. we were talking about like, you just that's full on. Like you just, you showed us the whole car thing. They show like, the whole thing with the kid. Yeah. It's not like a cutaway. It's like... Yeah, the whole thing. And, and then I like, like that she's like, it, it, was it a deer? Do we hit a deer? Uh -huh. no. No. <laughs> mm -mm. no. No. Not a, you, you wish. It, like, I can't imagine like the walk to like go over and then like you get there and you've like turned them over like the... Uh, I mean, he's a doctor. He's a doctor. So he's so. got that going for him. But because he's a doctor, when he does turn him over, he realizes that this kid was not killed by them running him over, that this kid had already had its throat slit. And so he's like, uh, go back to the car. Let me kind of suss out what's going on. So Bert kind of goes off to the field to kind of explore, finds the suitcase with blood in it, brings it back. Um, and you can kind of see like Malachi, like lurking in the background, uh -huh. like looking at Linda Hamilton. Um, but then basically like he doesn't want to leave the kid in the road. So like scoops him up, puts him in the trunk and like, let's go find a phone. Let's go. Can I mention, I, I, so there's like a, there's like a dream sequence in which she dreams about oh, going yeah, over yeah. to watch, to look at the kid and uh -huh. then he like sits up and looks at her. Uh -huh. So she, they get in a horrible car accident. They kill a kid. Yeah. And then she goes back and falls asleep. That seems unlikely. It does seem unlikely, unless it's that kind of thing where she is so like in shock of what has happened that she's just kind of more passed out okay. and fall asleep. Mm -hmm stretches things i'm okay, trying to no, maybe just, um so you go we go back to uh a job and sarah who uh apparently part of this whole like new world order is that there is no music allowed so saith isaac and uh, no games of any kind no mm -hmm. dress up no. basically you can't be a kid right. he wants them all to be mini adults but then when you turn to be an adult you must be killed uh -huh. and i also like that there's like no plan with that because like they're all kids yeah you're not going to be making more kids yeah because you're all children and then you're eventually going to run out of them. And then so I how, feel like Isaac's old, just going to move on. Yeah, like, how I don't, old is Isaac? It, that is really interesting. How old do you think he is? How old is Isaac supposed to be? I thought he was supposed to be a kid when this movie started. But then I feel like the way that other people treat him and the way that Bert kind of treated him later. And I thought somebody alluded to him like he was the son of a preacher and he got it into his head. So now I'm like, is Isaac supposed to just be like an adult? Because he's small. Right. And he looks kind they of say childish. like he was a great preacher when he was young. Yeah. But so he, the, the but he actor kinda looks... is 24 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, so but uh, I don't think I he's, thinking is he that meant he, to be 24. Is he I meant to be know. a child? Yeah, like, I don't know. Is he, is he the one that like he can live as long as he wants because yeah. he's Isaac and like. Yeah. He, I kept thinking that he would make a really great puck. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, I kind of want to yeah, see that. Because he's got this really high voice and he's really short. He's got a kind of a puckish face. He does kind of, yeah. Um, uh, he played the uh, cousin It in the new Adam's Family movies. Really? <laughs> <laughs>
That's your trivia tidbit for this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is. by the way, guys, in case you were curious. How do you audition for Cousin <clears throat> It? Like you're just in a big wig. You just kind of shimmy a you little just, bit, right? Yeah, they just put garbage bags over you. Do, just is it a voice as shimmy? well? Yeah. Uh, does, does Cousin It talk? No, it doesn't really talk. It's no. like, is he like <laughs> sure for yeah so something. are you doing that inside the costume i imagine you... it's a lot of physical you know right. presentation <laughs> do they make you or audition just, with the wig on they just call you for that okay maybe they're like hey since you said he's kind of got those come put on this hair sensibilities suit. i mean if you're feeling like puckish like midsummer night's dream yeah, kind yeah, of puckish yeah. then like yeah. he's probably got the physical down i yeah. mean they probably. probably just went looking for him for that yeah mm-hmm. things we say <laughs> He's great anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, but and, I think the age thing I think is interesting because I think you could have clearly cast someone who was 100% look like a 12-year-old and they have all that power. Right. And so that's insane. But because Isaac is this weird thing where you're not sure if he's an adult or not, there I feel like there's something kind of extra creepy about it because mm-hmm. then it's like you don't really know who the kids are following. Right. Like are they following an adult who has fooled them because he kind of looks like a kid or is he also a kid who thinks he's an adult like it's kind of it's a little murky yeah and I don't know if that's entirely a bad thing no I you think know? it's a good thing um and I think it's you know children would of course be excellent cult members like mm-hmm. they're they're trained to do what you tell them to do and if you say it's this way kids go okay and then yeah. they do it so yeah. like it's not and cults are such a strange thing anyway because like yeah. you think like people like just leave what uh-huh. are you doing? Go leave. And yeah. then people don't. And then like, it's, well, so it's, it's also that too, weird it, dynamic. It's also that dynamic too, where you kind of feel like they, it must be giving you something that you're not getting in your regular life. Right. right? It's filling some kind of void, but sort of for children, you're like, what is the void? Like, what is the void for you? Cause like, what was it that was like killing your parents sounded like an excellent idea, yeah. you know? And that question is a little murky in this because uh-huh. it's a small town and it just kind of seemed like everything was just, you know, from the outside, it looked great. And then it just all went sideways. Um, so, so Malachi catches, so the kids are upstairs in a secret playroom, dress up, listening to music, playing Monopoly, like having fun being kids. And Malachi catches them and is like, what are you doing? Like takes them to Isaac. Mach- and- he machete, he throws his machete at the Monopoly board. And when he does that, there's the actual record scratch. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I don't think I heard that. And I was like, nice. Like a scratch. But they, um, they establish a record playing. So Right, exactly. Um, so he brings them to Isaac and Isaac. Uh, realizes that Sarah has second sight and that's like valuable to him. So he opts not to punish them because it's like, you know, this is what, and it's also a little bit one of those things too, where you can see the rift between, because Malachi is much taller than Isaac, but he's like the underling. So he's like, listen, Malachi, I'll tell you what to do. Because I feel like Malachi is just a psychopath, basically. Right. Like he's yeah. just a teenage boy who just has a lot of bloodlust and this seems like a really good time and for him. And he has permission to do it. Basically, yeah. But so, this is this is a not a Renfield kind of situation though. He is like second in command, but he's also like fighting yeah. against it. Because he's not looking for a wonderful reward from Isaac. He just likes his bloodlust to be sanctioned. Yeah. You know, where it's a thing where all the dark impulses that kid probably ever like that's the little kid that like burned ants with a magnifying glass. Right. Only now he's got carte blanche to like do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So they tell him that it's that uh, to, to leave them alone. And then we meet this mechanic that uh, Bert and Vicky kind of pass through. And the mechanic seems he's an adult and he seems to have some sort of arrangement with the kids. Right. Because mm-hmm. he seems to live maybe just outside of Gatlin. Right. Or like they let him live because he gives them gas. Is that what the deal is? I think he's he's the shill. Like he's okay. the one that like, of course, they're going to stop somewhere. OK. They're going to stop at the gas station. This is going to be the guy that'd be like, I don't have any gas. Leave. Get out. Right. 
but then it's all a trap anyway. Because so, Malachi just comes and kills him. No, I mean, just because they, they literally can't get out. Where, like, they keep right. driving and trying to get away, and they yeah. keep, like, getting back to Gatlin anyway. Which, so if they've already set up the roads to do that, what do they need this guy for? And that part I didn't understand necessarily either, where I wasn't sure if, like, the kids had messed with the signs so people would never go to Gatlin, or people could never, if once they were in, they could never get out of Gatlin. I don't know. You'd think you'd want them to keep going. Right, exactly. Like, you could never get here. But, like, I'm it seemed like all the signs kept leading them back to Gatlin. Them, but I'm like, the kids don't like, want the adults there. They're driving, like, suddenly they're, like, driving in the corn In the corn, yeah. How did that fucking happen? I don't know. But again, is, like, that a manipulation of the kids? Or is that... There's, like, the power. The He who walks behind the rose is luring them in. Yeah. I don't know. Can I mention, as they're driving through the car, uh, the corn, mm-hmm. that there's the sound of the stalks hitting the car oh, as it goes oh, by? Oh, 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 it's a very unsettling yeah. noise. You can yeah. see how that would drive you crazy after a while. Like, it's yeah. a very loud, unsettling... Yeah. I like that their panic, too, really builds. It's like yeah. they can't get out, and when they're driving through the corn, like, if you were driving in a car through a cornfield where you can't really see above or any sense of direction, the panic that would start to ensue. Like you're never going to get out of the corn. You're Mm -hmm. never going to get out to an open space ever again. I feel like the movie does a good job of kind of making the rural environment very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that car... um, In the Mouth of Madness a little bit where like you can't get out of that Mm -hmm. town cycle. Right, exactly. Um, So they do eventually get into the town of Gatlin. And I like that Vicky immediately is like, Mm, no no I think we should leave like this is not like they run into some kids but they're not seeing any adults and they're like no I think we should bail I and think. this is and she has good final girls instincts she does mm-hmm. you if you go to a creepy town and it seems creepy you leave you yeah, just, just bail. leave just bail if you get any like any sort of weird inkling just leave I also think that if you suspect you might be in a child murderer movie situation that it's like if you go to show up at a town and there's only ragamuffin kids who bail. dress like they're from Little House in the Prairie? Yeah, like bail. Like Why are bail. they? It's supposed to be 1984. Why are they dressed like bail? That? Like, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be a good situation. Little House in the Prairie was really popular in 1984. I'm uh, just going to give it that. But uh, like, that's not. My mom made me those dresses. I literally wore that to church. Like that been was like so huge. adorable. My mom made me like a little bonnet with like a matching Aww. purse. I assumed it, it was might... like little flowers, like purple That's flowers. Right. If you and have like... pictures, I would really like to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I got some at my house. Next time you come over and we okay. watch a horror movie, I will bust those out and you'll Great. be like, wow, you were a child of the corn. <laughs> Legitimately. And it was a very popular thing. Yeah. Interesting. A couple of weird trivia. The girls that played the youngest daughter on Little House of Prairie went to summer camp I went to. Oh. So my brother used to see them at camp. And like, anyway, it was That's kind of a big deal and everyone was like, ooh. <laughs> Little House in the Prairie. Yeah, like stars of Little House of the Prairie are here with us. Like, And we're in like covered wagons. Anyway, sorry, back to you guys. Um, Well, no, but I just thought that maybe, I, I would think that maybe it might be some sort of like even though they're not in the right con- uh, state for it, but like an Amish situation, yeah. like maybe it's like that. But I just like that between seeing, uh, you know, because this all started for them with you found a boy whose throat was slit. So already your radar should be super, super yeah. high. And when there's no adults anywhere else, and I like that Vicky's like, no, let's just forget it. Let's go into the next town. But Bert's not having it. He's because like, no. Bert's fucking a dick. Can we just you say think he's that? a dick in this I movie? really do. Okay. He treats her terribly. He splits up with her immediately. That he, is like, the biggest He's always move, like yeah. just sh- like bossing her around and he's uh-huh. not sympathetic to her. And he like doesn't seem to really care about it's her very so much. It's so weird too because like I am so influenced by my perception of Linda Hamilton is totally from T2 sure. like when we were kids. So like this, it's so funny just to, and I know she's 100% like an actress who plays all kinds of things, but to yeah, just see her like not take charge you no. know it just it's so weird I'm like that's, well like just but, you know but you're the, linda hamilton when you're introduced to them as a couple like he's obviously not as into her yeah and yeah because so, they have like, that weird sort of like 
commitment fight. And I, don't, she I couldn't keep bringing that up. And I couldn't tell if this was just like lazy 80s male screenwriter thing right. because like that's what the ladies like or like or that's a part of the character that was actually in the Stephen King short story. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really tell. It's not a particularly interesting I don't know. I just don't like trope him very much. To, okay. Yeah. Fair play. Um, uh, but I do. But I do like uh, John Philbin, who shows up as Amos, the kid who has that guy's awesome. He's amazing. He's. I just really saw him. Great. I went to the Egyptian to see the North Shore with uh-huh. this uh, surfing movie. Terry came with me, and we saw him there. He was there. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. He's also in uh, the New Kids, the one with James oh, Spader really? with oh, Dutra. Okay. Oh really? Yeah. I love him. He's he's great. Yeah, so he's, he's great. in this as Amos, and he's uh, carving a pentagram into his chest yeah. in a church full of really crazily defaced religious icons. Yeah, and they're catching his blood into this disgusting corn cup that they're all going to drink from. Um, gross. Um, and I like that Peter Horton walks in and was like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" And like, he's like I, "Hey, man, it's my birthday." I think that's <laughs> one of the things I do f- find slightly redeeming about Bert is yes, like you know, so he and Vicky go through the town and they eventually come across Sarah, and then he tells Vicky to hang out with Sarah, and they split up, and he goes looking uh, for like a phone or whatever, and that's when he runs into the church kids. But I like that when the his sort of attitude when he sees the kid doing is like, "Knock all this shit off!" Like, what are you guys doing? Like, this isn't like like he's trying to snap them back into reality like this isn't a game yeah like you guys aren't like playing cult members like you're really cutting this kid is cutting himself like that's this is horrible you know um but they're not having it and so they all kind of seem like they're going to turn on him and this girl rachel stabs him um with like her sacrificial knife and then he like let's get the hell out of here and then he is chased by these children and that part of the movie i thought was kind of scary where it's this kind of like like any kind of angry mob is chasing you, but like bloodthirsty 12-year-olds who have, again, like a variety of farming equipment right. that they're going to do horrible things with you. Like a grown man, I think, would run from that. I mm-hmm. think I think he would be scared, you know, and he like takes off. There are so many insert shots in this film of hands picking up weapons. Yeah. <laughs> little hands. Little. Yeah. yeah. There's just a day spent where they're like, pick up this farming equipment. They'll yeah. Get this knife. Go in there. Um, but then he's kind of rescued by uh he's rescued by Job, who has like a secret like seller. I feel like he and Sarah have a lot of secret hiding places that like Isaac and Malachi have not worked out. It's like a bomb shelter. Yeah. And where he's just like, come hang out here. And so he's kind of able to like dress his own stab wound, which is like not that bad. Um, and that's when he kind of realizes that uh that's when he realizes that like, Sarah's probably or Vicky's probably in real trouble. And the sequence where Vicky is surrounded in the by the house by all the kids mm-hmm. again brandishing all the farming equipment um and Sarah because she has second sight she's like working on a picture and Vicky's like what are you doing and like sh- shows her the picture and the picture is like of all these kids with knives taking Vicky away and, like, and Vicky's like uh what and then she can hear people downstairs I'm like that's 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 pretty good yeah that's a good little extra Uh um where you can kind of see what these kids are going to do to you a second before it happens like that's pretty good um but then the movie kind of goes into this sort of like you really get into like the nuance part of like the the cultiness of it mm-hmm. because they it's not they're not going to just kill Vicky they have this sort of thing where she's like it's like she's the may queen but like she's the queen of the corn like they they kind of put her up like almost kind of crucifix style but it's against corn and they have like a little crown of like corn around her head mm-hmm. and like they're going to put her up there and then I'm not quite sure what then call he who hides behind the rose to like come and get I her. I thought they were just going to leave her up there because like the blue man's just there, right? That's just like the old. The but policeman. I kind of thought he had been like sacrificed somehow oh, okay. up there. Possibly. Like you just think they just leave him up there just for whatever. Well, the he who walks behind the rose seems to kind of just eat people. 
right? Like, because they they send yeah. Amos into the corn and he just kind of gets. And Amos is just, I, I will go back to this actor. He's like the smallest part of this movie. But when it's time for he and Vicky are going to be sacrificed together and Vicky is like, don't touch me back away. And it's all like fight. And Amos is like, I'm here. Take me. Like, he's so excited to be sacrificed. Yeah. He's like, I'm 19. I can't wait. Let's go. And that I feel like for the most part, it seems like these kids are really ruled by fear. But then you kind of get a glimpse of some of them who are just super into it. Yeah. Like really. This is the this highest is, honor. This is like great for them, you know? And you're like, ooh, that's not good. But there really is a he who walks behind the rose because we mm-hmm. start to get this kind of like tremor thing under the ground. I really like this effect. I do too. Maybe it's because it's practical and I'm not entirely clear on how they did it. Um, uh, there was something I read about it. It was something about like they built a trench underneath and then had like a wheelbarrow that they were pulling and then it would Wheelbarrow like, like upside down? Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And it's pulling underneath the ground and so it would... Got it. The dirt. Um... Uh, and then there's also, but like the he who walks behind the rose also has like a nothing kind of thing that goes along yeah, with Yeah, with like the weird. The clouds mm-hmm. and the coming for you. And yeah. So it's like a supernatural element, but then also it's like a dirt monster. It's kind of, it's kind of all the things, I guess, uh-huh. in this movie. Um, Isaac and Malachi also start getting into like really heated arguments about like, no, I have the power. No, he talks to me. He talks to you. He talks to me. I'm surprised by this because I like, I, I feel like if all the kids are following Isaac as fervently as we've been led to believe in right. this film. The it switches re- so fast. Yeah. yeah. Like they would just revolt and yeah. just be like, hey, this is our leader. Like you, Mal- Malachi, like, but Malachi yeah. is the one who kills everybody. So he kind of has more power. Yeah. And he's bigger and stronger and he seems more like the natural leader. So finally, Malachi is like, screw you, Isaac. And so he gets the other kids to also put Isaac up on like a corn crucifix they situation. They just have him laying around in wait. Just waiting. You never know how many people you might want to crucify, crucify in a day. The, in the corn. Um, And so, and I like also too that Isaac and Malachi have this kind of like pseudo biblical speak with uh-huh. each other yeah. that the other kids don't seem to really have. Like everyone else is just kind of talking normally, but they're sort of like quoting Bible passages back and forth to each other. And they keep calling, yeah, Malachi sees him and like calling this, him outlanders. Out, yeah, they call, they call adults outlanders and interlopers uh-huh. so when like they're you know running around like uh there's a, a scene where malachi has vicky and is sort of trying to use her as bait in order to get bert to reveal himself and he's just running around town like holding linda hamilton by her neck with a machete and he's screaming interloper interloper and i was like that's just got to be the highlight of your day yeah. you know like so what you do on wednesday i just screamed interloper mm-hmm. while i'm holding a fake knife to linda hamilton that was pretty much her wednesday it's like, a good day that's not a bad day um, uh, so then Malachi calls he who walks behind the rose to get Isaac. Right. Mm-hmm. Which comes out in a very kind of altered states-esque blob of red static. And that transition between that was kind of weird because it's like dirt monster, dirt monster, dirt monster. All of a sudden yellow static up the corn which wraps around him and becomes red static. And then the cross like explodes up and yeah. like like rockets up into the air and... I, yeah, I don't know. It's like a combination of effects. You're like, what? What is happening here? What is all okay. this? All right, let's just move on. Details, details. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and f- but finally, uh, Bert realizes that you know she's Vicky's going to be sacrificed in the corn. I got to go get her, and so he goes. And I like that he when he and Malachi get into their big fight, like they kind of fight. You know, like they're kind of equal size, equal whatever. But when he gets him down on the ground, Bert just keeps slapping him. What is that like, about? Like backhand, forward hand, backhand, forward. Like slaps him into unconsciousness. I think it's because he's a kid. And so but I think he has, but he's a kid who's tried to kill you. Like, I yeah, feel but like, I think adults have weird issues with that. Right. Like, I feel like adult, like, I guess I would sort of think too, that it's like once the kid has tried to like machete you 
all bets are off, yeah. you know? But I think for a lot of adults in these movies, like, they can't fight a kid, uh-huh. you know? Like, no matter what. Because I feel like sometimes that dynamic happens between, like, men and women, mm-hmm. where, like, if the woman is the killer, and it's like, she's 100% tried to kill you, so, like, take her out. But, like, the guys can't, so yeah. they just, like, they shake them, right. and then they shake them some more, and then they shove them, and they shake them, but they slap, won't just, like, punch her. Slap like, them a little bit. Yeah, but... like, just punch her in the face. She tried to kill you, but, like, no. So I feel like he just kind of... Slap some around a little uh, can bit. Can you slap someone into unconsciousness? That seems. Unlike- I think so. Okay. Probably. I'm always unclear with with the choking thing. Uh, like, uh-huh. like when like in, when they choke people in movies, like sometimes it just knocks you out, and sometimes it kills you. Because I, I think it's like how long are you being choked for? Because uh, you can be like choked out into unconsciousness, and then you can be like the other thing. Okay. Um, and it depends on your, I mean, your makeup, your physical body. Yeah. There's a lot of factors, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. It's a whole other episode. Size of person. Uh, <laughs> so then Bert gives this big speech to the kids about how you guys are yes. monsters. Um, and like what kind of God would tell a kid to kill his parents. And he says that any religion without love and compassion is false. It's a lie. You've all been lied to. Uh-huh. Um, thanks, Bert. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden, like the uh, Isaac kind of comes back. Right. Like he's not. I think he has been killed because he comes back and his hair's like kind of gray and he has the super deep voice. So I think he is now he who walks, he behind, who the walks behind the like, Yeah. Um, and he just snaps Malachi's neck uh-huh. and like chokes him. And then I like that both Malachi, Malachi and Isaac's death are both really funny where they both kind of have this sort of like what we talked about with Hellraiser with Julia where it's like the not me, not me. And it's I, I, don't, I don't know why that always makes me laugh because I'm like, it's always going to go this way. It's like always it's, you. It's oh, of course it's you. You know, it's like a live by the sword, die by the but sword they thing. can't see it. They, I'm like, you're mucking like... about with like the occult and whatever. It's always going to turn on you. But they're always like so so shocked, like so shocked when it turns on them. And I'm like, of course it's going to turn and on you. And the corn comes alive and like attacks Bert. Yeah, it does kind of attack Bert. And so he realizes too that like the, in order for uh, to really finally stop the whole thing that like he has to burn the cornfield to the ground. So he's put, figures out a way to put gasoline in the sprinklers and turns the sprinklers on. And then Job helps him get a Molotov and cocktail. And like he asks, he tells Job to leave and then Job doesn't leave. Yeah. And then he's like, Hey, help me with this thing. And you're like, well, well, if you're not going to go, just help me out, six-year-old. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he throws a Molotov cocktail into the corn that has been uh, sprayed with gasoline and the whole thing goes up. And then again, it's sort of this interesting effect where like the whole thing blows up and burns and then like a red smoke mm-hmm. monster kind of scream flees out of the smoke. Scream and I'm, flees. So I'm like, what is, <laughs> what is that thing? Is that... The devil is that just unknown entity thing Stephen maybe King will never sequ- tell us. Maybe the sequels. Maybe the sequel will answer that question. It's just the red screaming thing, just like mm-hmm. landing in different cornfields yeah. all throughout the greater United States. It yeah. only eats corn. It's very particular. Maybe we're looking for that good combo of children and corn. It's mm-hmm. a precious few areas to have it. So that thing escapes, and then uh, Bert and Vicky are going back to the car with uh, Job and Sarah, and we get our final scare where that crazy girl Rachel is like in the car again with her little mini scythe, and she's like, "I'm gonna scythe you." And I really enjoy that, like, at this point, Bert is over, like, you know, not hurting little kids. And she's going for him through the car. And he slams the car door. And the wind, the glass of the uh, window just smacks her in the forehead and just knocks her out. And he's like, oh, all right, we're out of here. Like, we're doing, like, we're not driving. We're not, we're just walking. So, like, walking the four out, of them go. Leaving a dead body in the trunk of the car. Correct. Yeah, they and, never dealt with Joseph. And all these kids who are just now wandering. Yeah. Leaderless. Correct. In this town. Uh-huh. Maybe that's what the other sequels, maybe the sequels are that, where they just keep reconstituting themselves and like there's a new leader and a new asshole but emerges. The and newest, like... I, saw, so I saw the newest sequel, the, the ninth one, Okay, uh, is Isaac's Return. Really? So maybe he's not dead? 
seem pretty dead. Or maybe it's just like supernatural Isaac. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, not a okay. So let's do uh, some rating systems. Okay. We got gore factor. Uh, one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run, five is run for the barf bag. One day I'll get through it. Someday. All, 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 all good. <laughs> um, uh, we give gore three and a half. Yeah. I think it's really for that opening scene, that diner when like the kids all turn on everybody at the diner, that's pretty brutal. And also the car accident's gnarly. Yeah. And I, I think all, the car accident is really gnarly. And I think also too, it's just this movie does a very, I feel like sometimes some of these other movies that we're going to talk about in future podcasts, the way that the kids kind of perpetrate the violence on the adults is very, is a little sort of not taken as seriously. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this movie, the violence is very serious and very Stephen King-ish and very dark. And I think especially kind of looking at it through the lens of a modern world, mm-hmm. it's kind of really upsetting yeah. and really... And I also think this movie does a good job of having that, like, the idea of the kids uh, turning evil because of, like... Uh, being indoctrinated into like a cult or this kind of mass hypnosis or mass hysteria of just like, oh, okay, I should do this rather than like they're born evil yeah. or they're monsters or they're, you yeah, know. That's true. It's not like a possession thing. It's like a choice. Yes. But a brainwash a choice. A brainwash choice. Yeah. I think that's interesting. So movie rating, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four is not too shabby. And five is fantastical. And you and I both gave this a three. Seen worse, seen better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like that's what... I mean, I think the concept is amazing because, of course, Stephen King. Yes. Um, we love you, Stephen King. I am, would be deeply curious to see his screenplay of this because yes. I feel like there is a better movie out of this story. Yep. Um, but I do think that the way that the director... I think the kids all do a good job and I feel like that the way that the director handles the violence is pretty upsetting. Um, but I do feel like there's a better way to do it. So, so saith Marion. So saith Marion. Yeah. Next week, we will continue with our killer kids mm-hmm. uh, with 1981's Bloody Birthday. Yeah. Different kind of killer. Kids who kill for a whole different reason. And we'll um, get into those reasons. As you will find out. Killer kids. <laughs> the killer kid train continues. <laughs> See you next time, guys. <laughs> Gonna be a killer. <laughs>